Shea Theodore's wrister through traffic beat Carter Hart with 32 and a half seconds remaining as the Golden Knights extend their win streak to 7 and 0 to start the season. We'll recap last night's 3 to 2 win over the Philadelphia Flyers and Gritty right after this on Lockdown Golden Knights. Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel that is Locked on Golden Knights. We are brought to you today by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. Welcome, folks. Welcome in to episode number 700. We appreciate you tuning in, and thank you so much for all your support of Lockdown Golden Knights. 700 shows. Wow. That's they the said over. it wouldn't last. They That's said it the wouldn't over. last. Um, so enough. VGK ran its record to 7-0 and last night on show 700, 7-0. and uh, Yeah, you need to put this in your lottery picks here, sevens and zeros. We don't have a lottery. Okay. Oh, okay. And uh, well, people that are tuning in around the country. Uh, <clears throat> so last you night, know. VGK does it in uh, come from behind fashion, Chris, uh, three to two. Shea Theodore with a wrister through traffic, and uh, that came late. VGK had a late rush spanning the second and third periods. Uh, good carryover, and that was the winner there by Shea Theodore last night and earlier. Ivan Barbashev scored a goal off of a rebound. Paul Cotter with that between-the-legs deke, and he beat uh, Hart in that game, tying the game at two. And uh, it was really a pretty good game to watch, if you like. Good defense and a lot of checking, I thought, you know, forechecking especially in this contest. And I think that the Flyers uh, put some respect on their name. I, I like the way that they're building a team there. For sure. The Flyers definitely are moving the right direction. We talked yesterday about all the youngsters that they have and how they're doing it. And I hate to say it like this, but it's odd to see a, Tortor a Tortorella type young team like this. And he's not the coach I think of when it comes to a rebuild and stuff like that. So credit Tortorella for these guys believing in a system, learning the game the right way and getting off on the right foot. I mean, who would have thought? Yeah, that came from the left circle there for Shea Theodore. And now we know why his wag rhythm uh, tells us to stay till the end of the game. That's why we have to stay till the end of the game. So they didn't stay till the end of the game last night. It was too late. The The crowd was, was empty. What was the crowd game. like? What was the crowd like early, last night? Early the crowd was great, um, but it definitely emptied out a little bit. It's a later game. And you know, it is what it is. People got work and school and whatever in the mornings and all that. But I mean, the people that did stay, which was most of them, I mean, it wasn't like it was an empty game or you know anything like that. But uh, yeah, the people that stayed, uh, they were definitely treated to uh, an incredible comeback. Huh? They were interviewing Bruce Cassidy 
they're probably midway through the second period, if I recall correctly. And he just said that he didn't like the way his team was playing. And he wasn't happy with the way that they did not. uh, They weren't matching the intensity of the Philadelphia Flyers. So they picked up the intensity. And I thought that it was just, uh, again, it's one of those games where VGK just does enough to win. But how many more times can we see this act where it's a different hero each night and they find ways to win games? This is a unique situation because it's the Eastern Conference. It's Tortorella. Um, Cassidy mentioned in the in the post game that he knows that the Philadelphia defense is going to collapse, protect the house. Kind of the same thing the Golden Knights do to a degree. Uh, force shots from the outside. And it's just, we talked about this. There was going to be periods of boring hockey in the game. There was going to be times when the Golden Knights wouldn't be able to find a way to get across the blue line and then have a hard time dumping it in. I mean, the Golden Knights for the first eight minutes of the game, I thought were actually really, really good. Uh, they, they were getting entries at the blue line. They were getting speed through the neutral zone. And I'm like, okay, late game for Philly. Maybe uh, they're just not going to have it tonight. And then really from, we'll call it the 10-minute mark of the first period until about the 12-minute remaining mark of the second period, Philly really did a good job controlling the pace, good structure, having two defensemen back. So the Golden Knights were never going to get, you know, not not going to get never, but not going to get a lot of odd man rushes. The forwards did a good job buying into slowing the team down to the neutral zone. The Golden Knights were frustrated for a while. Um, Philadelphia tried to give the Golden Knights uh, the game so many penalties, but the power play couldn't get going. But you said it. They found a way. And your pep talk to Ivan Barbashev really did pay off, paid dividends, scores the goal. But then also in a key play, and it's one of those intangible things perhaps that a lot of fans might not notice, uh, Barbashev and Jonathan Marcheseau um, set up an unbelievable screen. There was so much traffic in front of the net for that Theodore shot. So is he back? Is is the mad Russian back? I don't think he ever left. I mean, this is what happens in the NHL. There's pockets of success there's pockets where you know you just got to kind of fight through it and we did acknowledge in the Blackhawks game how Barbashev just basically went straight to the net took a defenseman with him created a a lane for Marcheseau to score a goal so I mean yeah Barbashev does more than put numbers up on the scoreboard the difference that I felt is he was more noticeable in the playoffs when it came to a physical a physical element to the game right you know if 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 Barbashev isn't scoring, he's uh, laying someone out. And you haven't seen as much of that this year from him. But that said, good to see him affect uh, the outcome of the game uh, against the Flyers and kind of get things started off on the right foots. And it was, you know, it's it's just part of the game. It's how it's going to go. And Cassidy mentioned uh, how the bench got shortened up. Basically, line three was non-existent for a pocket of the second period. And then you did have all of those penalties taken by Philly, which created some circumstances where a lot of players were on the bench for a long time, like the fourth liners and stuff, and they found a way. Like, that's what we're going to keep going back to. They found a way to win a tough game. Okay, so uh, goals for Philly, Noah Cates and Cam Atkinson. The Atkinson goal, bad ice, bad, bad ice. 
Yeah, bad ice. Yeah, I mean, bad ice, well, exactly. Logan Thompson couldn't handle that. I don't know very many goaltenders that could because it pretty much handcuffed him, and off the inside of his blocker, it went into the net, and that was just a very odd angle shot uh, by goal. Atkinson. It's a bad goal. It's a bad goal. It's a bad goal. Logan, well, if Logan would have been available post game, he would have told us it was, you know, and listen, it's going to happen. I mean, I think Ken Sinbin made the comment. It's, you know, the seventh game of the season and we finally have our first bad goal. The Golden Knights let up and that's OK. It's going to happen. It's a long season. They face a lot of shots and credit Logan for standing tall after that. I mean, Logan uh, definitely kept the team in the game. I thought he made a real nice pe- uh, save in the second period where. There was a flurry around him. Uh, they were trying to push him in the net, basically. Logan stood tall. Um, there was a right before Eichel um, just got basically robbed by Carter Hart on that rebound. Oh, attempt. my goodness. Was that a play? It was a play. But Logan Thompson's save before that, there's a great glove save off an odd man rush, was equally as important. So, you know, like it's a broken record. Whoever like makes the, likes uh, watching our show and crediting on uh, the words of the day or the phrase of the day, it's, it's finding a way. It's finding a way. It's finding a way. And I don't want to dig too much into the third segment right now, but you got to. I, like, I like when you do this all the time and then you just wipe out our third segment. No, I'm not going to wipe it out. Um, okay. But I did ask all, <laughs> all three of the people I talked to yesterday, Cassidy, Theodore, and Cass, and not Cass, uh, Connor. There we go. Connor. And I asked all three of them if there was strategic changes, what kind of got the team going in the second period. The players credited. Not really, just kind of keep doing the same thing. There wasn't a whole lot of messaging on changes and stuff. And then obviously we'll talk about Cassidy's answer to that in the third period. <laughs> you like that? See, was that good? Is that you better? You kind of saved it. You were going there. Yeah, no, wipe I wasn't it out. Say it. I wasn't going to say uh, it. I did have the word passengers on my bingo card for, for the third line. The, for, well, for the, for the post game show, I did because they were passengers for a while. Yeah, no you, doubt. I mean, you gave just, like 700 for the 700 show. Yeah. Listen, that's what the that's what the Flyers do. They they frustrate you. Theodore did mention that in the post game. Many players were frustrated. Paul Cotter said the same thing. It was hard to find the game. And Cassidy also mentioned that in a spot like this, when the bench does get shortened, it's hard for players to re-engage themselves in the game. And this is where Paul Cotter was singled out in the post game. Basically, last year, if Cotter would have been in a similar circumstance where he's benched and you know doesn't get out there for a long period of time, he might have mentally checked out of the game. Well, I just don't have it tonight. Coach is going to roll people around me. Well, Cotter found a way to affect the outcome of the game. I mean, a goofball falls down in the blue line uh, trying to uh, you know make a pass, and then he falls down and gets. I say goofball because Paul Cotter, he's a goofball, guys. So that's okay. Um, but Cotter falls down and then he gets forgotten about and just makes that absolutely amazing play and, and Cotter even talked about it in the post game like hey some nights there are times when players don't have it and you get skipped over and that's just part of being an NHL player yeah I think it motivated him when he came into the game late coming up next uh, we'll talk about VGK's fourth line providing a lot of juice in last night's game and the win over Philly VGK is 7-0 and folks we talk about that next right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, 
exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts to choose from for your ride or die, you will always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need, the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive with ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available in the U.S. Welcome back. Locked on Golden Knights, Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen times 700 shows. That's a lot of shows, man. And yeah, this today is our 700th anniversary, so to say, so to speak, right? Sort of. Um, please make sure you subscribe to that YouTube channel yes. and keep those comments coming. Keep them coming because there were some good ones yesterday. Um, so uh, since the Flyers are a very physical team last night and a very good forechecking team, Bruce Cassidy gave his fourth line some really key minutes last night, especially in the second period when Cassidy only used the three lines. I'll tell you, Bruce Cassidy is a very, very good coach because uh, he just makes those in-game adjustments, I think, that other coaches fail to make or their teams are in a line change if VGK scores goals. Uh, so William Carrier played last night, 12 minutes, two seconds, 18 shifts. Uh, these were quality minutes, though. Keegan Colasar, 11.28, and Nick Waugh, 14 minutes and 10 seconds. They might have worn down Philadelphia by the end of this game, and it was 2 a.m. in Philly by the time this game was over. That was something that I did talk a lot about uh, on Vegas Hockey Now. We talked a little bit about it yesterday, too. The Golden Knights need to have a good secondary plan when they are not able to play like a rush team. Uh, their quickness and ability to get the puck up the ice in a short period of time is one of their best skill sets that they have. Philadelphia is not going to let you do that. I thought they might for the whole game, the way it started, but uh, there was a long pocket. And even when things started clicking for the Golden Knights, it wasn't necessarily as much off the rush. The Paul Cotter situation was weird, but the rest of it was not necessarily off of a rush. So the way you beat a team like that, you get pucks deep. And then the second thing you do is you check the crap out of the other team's defensemen in the corners. They get tired of being hit every single time that puck goes deep. Who's better? Who are the best two players that are going to do that? It's the fourth line. It's going to be Carrier and Colasar. Nick Waugh is going to do it too, but definitely Carrier and Colasar are going to be the first in the corner, and they're going to wear the defense out. And you did see some breakdowns in that third period the deeper the game got. So this comment started with Cassidy, and Cassidy – yeah, I mean, his in-game adjustments are absolutely dynamite. We'll talk about specifically what he said about the third period of this game later on. But another thing that Cassidy says when it comes to line changes and stuff, he likes to stay in the moments. And what he means when he says that is every game is unique and he's going to treat each game as an individual event and he's going to find 
a way to twist the dials to get the most he possibly can out of the team. Again, shorten the bench in the second period. Third line, I won't say non-existent, but they definitely had their minutes limited. The first, second, and fourth lines were rolling pretty well. And obviously, uh, we're talking about a seventh win in a row. History in the making to a degree right now. And they did have the odd man rush, the two-on-one in Kolasar. Did he... That puck land in the press section upstairs. Was that the? I mean, there was a couple of those like that where <laughs> where they had some good rushes. Um, yeah, had a really, had a really finished good a couple, rush. and Colesar had some real good looks. Carey, you know, did his thing, bringing that puck uh, hard to the net on the backhand. I mean, you know, we've heard multiple people say this is the best fourth line in the NHL, and you know, this goes back to um, when Pete DeBoer was talking up the fourth line coming into season five. Unfortunately, injuries made it until like game 72 or something where the fourth line actually started the game as the fourth line. And then unfortunately, Will Carey got hurt that game. And so it lasted one friggin' period. But uh, right now that the fourth line is pretty much healthy, Carey obviously is missing time already, unfortunately, which is the norm now for him. Um, but it's, it's the best fourth line in the NHL. Like, I don't know what else there is to say about it. Yeah, it's the best but fourth it, line it, in the NHL. It's just the way that they played, and in particular situations last night, that really impressed me. Yeah, we always say that they're the best line, and they're the energy line, and all of that. But really, they set the tone in this game, and they just played, I thought, substantial minutes, and they really did execute very well. So three lines in the second period. So there was the top line, um, and then there was Carlson with Stevenson and Stone. And then, of course, the uh, the fourth line last night. There was a really odd play, and I tweeted out about it. Um, Couturier lost his stick, and he kind of shoved Mark Stone, and he, he pushed him backwards. And that's not good, you know, w- when you have back issues. And then I saw he might be a little sore today. Just it was a push and a shove. And then I saw Stone just kind of go over to the bench, and you could tell he was wincing in pain. Uh, but we didn't see anything else the rest of the game, and he did come back out because I didn't see him on TV. So, uh, But but is there anything lingering with him? And then Nick Waugh, Nick Waugh, um, Cassidy said he's a little bit sore. What happened with Waugh as well? No one really caught what exactly happened um, watching the play, and, and Marsh on my left shoulder is like, hey, Waugh down the tunnel. I'm like, oh, okay, so I put that out there. Um, and then post game, people were kind of talking about no one really saw a direct play or anything like that. Um, going back to Stone, it, it's it's tough to read on Stone, right? I mean, he's you could tell he's working as hard as he can, and at times there are some really good flashes. Like he had a real good deke uh, to create an opportunity in the third period of the game. Um, he's playing really strong on the puck, like he's doing everything you'd expect the captain to do the right way. Um, I did make a comment again over to a Marsh around the third period that it looked like Stone was just playing a little bit slower at times last night. And he's not yeah. a fast player. Let's be clear about it. No, this. no, 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 no. He was definitely um, playing slower. I thought he was skating a little bit stiff at times. But yes, but at what stage of the game, though? Because perhaps that's oh, third period. Jarred. Third period. Third yeah. period, definitely. Yeah. Well, After... he might have worn down and perhaps he tweaked something in his back. That's all that I noticed, and I that's why I tweeted it out, and, uh, because he went off just really slow. 
And folks, don't read this as we're taking shots at Mark Stone. That's not no, okay. no, 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 right now. no. Well, I'm just, but they will. Just they will. What happens? They're going to roll in, and it's it's well, fine. Why? No, we're not making no, no derogatory, right. no hate, no slander for no Mark Stone. Definitely not Stone. I mean, he's having a Stonely good season. Cop. He's doing everything. We're not going right. to blast the Stonely Cop. <laughs> there it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, Stone. We saw what Stone is capable of. Also, when the games do matter a little bit more, so. When we're saying, and it's not just a Mark Stone thing, Alec Martinez, Petrangelo, when he comes back most likely on Friday, these veterans know the temperature of the ice. They know what's at stake the deeper the season gets. So, you know, when we talk about Stone skating a little bit stiff right now, it's probably by design. He's, you know, it's 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 a marathon. It's a marathon with Stone. And I really think Stone wants to have a, you know, a 70-plus game season. And he's not going to do it by trying to be the hero every single sh- no one's going to be able to do that to be the hero every single shift and last the entire season so you know stone's just fine it seems like i don't think there's going to be any lingering effects from it off day today for the team as they uh played late cassidy uh was even razzing us we were getting a little deep in the press conference last night and it's like oh it's midnight when we wrap this thing up it was only 11 30 bruce yeah so vgk has two days now to prepare for that potent uh, Chicago Blackhawk team. Did they get they uh, got shut out? Right? Was 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 it three nothing? Yeah, it was. Oh, what happened with uh, the Grand Salami? Did it winner. go under by a half? By a winner half by goal? I think a goal and a half. I think a uh, goal and a half. One oh three and a half was the number, and one oh two I think was the total. I we verified even... <laughs> that my bet was, was was fulfilled at the end of the night. So winner. Yeah, I watched some of the Frozen fiasco. Eh, much ado about the nothing. Frozen, the Frozen Dasco. Yeah, it was it was pretty yeah, I don't know. It was okay. They did have some good cut-ins where they, we saw goals scored and what have you. Um a lot of work and yeah, I don't know. They made a lot out of pretty much nothing on the opening day of the National Basketball Association number 1. We were talking then, about that in the press yeah, box like if there so was odd. a little yeah. And then also, you know, Major League Baseball you're going up against. It was very strange for them to do it. The timing was just off. They could well, have they usually ESPN usually day. dedicates Tuesdays to hockey. So I get that side of it, but why not next week? Why not last, last week? week? I don't know. Yeah. You know, but it's it's all good. Whatever. It's, if that's what we're complaining about watching watching this, the home team be seven and zero right now. Life um life is good. Life is good. I like it when Chris Golick and Coach Bruce Cassidy chop it up and they talk about strategy and such. And last night. We had Cassidy talking about D-men getting a lot of time there to uh, create and do some things there and uh, to get the VGK off uh, their offense cooking. And we'll get to that when we return right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals for tickets for the NHL, for the Vegas Golden Knights, for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and much, much more. But they were talking about our show for a moment, comedy and theater. Uh, and Shea Theodore. Um, okay, so with zone deals, you get to pick the section, and game time will pick the seats for an average of 18% savings and the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets, folks, with Game Time. So it's pretty simple. Just download the Game Time app, 
You can create an account. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick reporting. And don't forget on Fridays, it's WTF Day lineup. They already have some comments. We could just take some of the comments during the week and turn them into WTFs, right? Of course. There's no limit on WTF. It's all week. It's all week. Okay. Is it time yet? Oh, no, it's not Friday. But this stinking Formula One. Okay, I'm going to drive down, going west on Flamingo. I had to go from one side to the other. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I see a bridge. They built a bridge going over Koval. This, it's just insane. It, like, like this huge monstrosity of a bridge. So everything's shut down. Traffic is just snarled everywhere. Folks, if you can avoid the strip or anywhere... You know what? It's not even the strip. You take some of these back streets here and you, you everything's shut down. There's just cones. No one working but cones. Okay. There's construction by our neighborhood right now. Like if there's one industry that is thriving right now that does not have a shortage it's the of cone workers, business? it's yeah, it's exactly it's it's the cone the cone creators. No, construction industry is thriving in Vegas, folks. So I liked your question to Bruce Cassidy. And he always gives really good answers when he talks about strategy. I think that that just makes him go. That makes him tick. And so it was a really good back and forth between you and him. Um, Cassidy said since half of the shots were coming from the defensemen, um, it allowed the D-men to create shooting lanes, right? And then the movement of his D-men, it really forced the Flyers to chase after the puck and to chase after VGK's defenseman. And perhaps that's what opened up a lane other than Barbashev and Marcia. So with huge screens in front of the net opened up a lane for Shea Theodore to score the game winner on the wrister. But that was yeah. a good, I thought that that was a really well thought out question, Chris. And oh, I liked the uh, Cassidy's response too. And I'm not just kissing your butt like usual, but no, I mean, this is that was kind of the theme of my questions. I do like trying to link everything together just to kind of see what the different perspectives are of strategic changes. Cotter and Theodore felt the team was sticking to their game and didn't really talk about things that Cassidy said to them on the bench, but it's clear by Cassidy's response what the what the change was. So the question that I posed to, to Coach Cassidy was besides shortening the bench, what was the strategic change that got the team going? So at one point, the Golden Knights were being outshot 17-7. to That was uh, about halfway through the second period, maybe even a little bit sooner than that. I'm and that's down. when it's about when he went to three lines, right? And Yeah, exactly. And the Golden that third Knights, line, uh, it felt like, was out there many more minutes. Like, they just really made their presence felt last night. Yeah. Um, but no, the second, the looking fourth at the line, shots on the goal, line. fourth line, I that's why the third? use okay. the third one. So okay. Golden Knights finished with 29 no shots line. to the Flyers, 28. So that definitely shows the adjustment was made. So the first thing that Cassidy said, I thought was very interesting. You wanted the, the D to create scoring lanes, but he said you want the players shooting for sticks instead of pads. You want to keep the, the puck low 
to the ice. You don't want to be shooting high because that's obviously when you got skates and shin pads and everything to go through. So he, the quote was, you're shooting for sticks, literally aiming at, you know, people sticks on the ice, hoping to get a deflection. There was a few chances um, before, obviously, the goals that tied and uh, took the lead for the game. Mentioned um, getting people moving, right? I mean, the Shea Theodore goal, it was almost like a stat. If you, if you watch, there was one angle that they got, I think, on the Golden Knights Twitter uh, from the perspective of the bench. It looked like the old Statue of Liberty play, right, where the quarterback is like this and then the running back just kind of goes behind, grabs the ball of his hand and takes off and goes. That's kind of how Theodore got the time in space to get the shot off. And then when people are moving, it's harder to get the block and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's really the biggest note. You hit on everything else, but, um, you know, creating the lanes. That's the thing, creating the lanes, getting the defense more involved. Um, he even, I mean, this is how sharp Cassidy is. Um, he says, well, the op- offense had 38 shot attempts. The defense had 33 shot attempts. We'll call it 50-50. This is what Tortorella does. He wants to mix it up and protect the house. Like, you know, just, I don't know, 18, 20 minutes after the game is over, Cassidy is already digested the second and third level of analytics so he can get to the drawing board bring it to practice find a way to keep on going and you know the blackhawks coming in will be a nice change not down on the blackhawks just simply saying the blackhawks will give the team uh some space in the neutral zone to do what they do and uh yeah we'll see if uh see if we can make this thing nine by the time the dust settles right yeah, of course. Uh, now, like I said, they'll be undefeated through Thanksgiving because they don't play anyone in the schedule. The schedule's uh, weak. Did, schedule's weak. I'm not going to fight you on that. The schedule's I, weak. I, I, I did really, I did really like, uh, and we posted it yesterday. Uh, the new ESPN promo. I thought it was hysterical with uh, <laughs> with Eichel and Marcia so and Steve Levy, and like, what are you in for? I'm in for slashing. I'm in for roughing or whatever they said high sticking high sticking sticking. and then levy comes in and they go what are you in for and he says responding to a company-wide email those people i'm telling you i I think i've done all three of those people somewhere what's that i I think i've done all three of those in one day so i understand (laughs) how great there's nothing worse than when you know back when i had that corporate type job running poker rooms you get this email and some other people on it and you fire a response that doesn't necessarily blast someone else, but you, you know, I mean, it, it's the corporate world. You're protecting your butt the whole time. That's what it is being in the corporate world. Right, right. And and then you look and you see reply all is how it went out. You're like, oh, beep. Yeah. And the exactly. phone rings and Golic, what are you, what are yep. you doing? Back in the shout, shout out to Frank. Yeah. Shout, thanks, shout Frank. out to my, my old boss, Frank, who taught me a very valuable lesson. What was in that? The corporate world. Pick up the phone sometimes. Don't write an email. Just pick up the phone and make the phone yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No evidence. No Very evidence. valuable. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate everyone tuning in to today's show. As always, especially our everydayers, thank you so, so much. Show number 700 is officially in the books. And uh, I had a first last night. I had a first last night, Tony. I got to What's that? It's really funny. So I, I, you guys know I love fantasy football. I, I do hit on that sometimes. And I realized at the end of the game when we were kind of in the locker room that I hadn't done my waiver wire claims yet. Oh, Tuesday no. nights, you put in the waiver wires to yeah. replace your players and all that. So I was interviewing Paul Cotter while I was picking up Deontay Foreman off the waiver wire. Oh, that's a good pickup right there. That was a good pickup. I'm surprised no one, I had a low waiver claim. I got him. So there we go. So Congrats. Now I'll take us home. Oh, no, no. Time out here. I'll just, okay. We'll go at our own pace. It's Extension. showing 700. 
Segment four. No, so did, who plays? Did they play fantasy football, right? The players? I'm assuming. You know they who do. won last year? You got to ask them. You got to ask Alec, them. I think probably they, Alec Martinez, if I had to guess. All right. From my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Take care.